Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or download our free Living Truth app. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 24 called God's Triumph Over the Earth. Okay, we're going to be in Isaiah 24 tonight, Isaiah 24. If you have not been with us, we've been working our way through Isaiah, and we're in the 24th chapter. We just summed up chapters 13 through 23, a look at the nations and the burdens against those nations, and now we're going to get kind of a a larger framework of judgment sprinkled with some uh, wonderful rejoicing. As Isaiah only can do, you know, it gets dark and then all of a sudden there are beams of light that come in. So let's pray. Father, we are grateful again for your word and we're grateful for your people. We are grateful to be able to worship you. We are grateful to be able to gather in your holy name. And with one heart, Lord, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We want to do that with a spirit of unity, Lord, and it's a beautiful thing to be together and to be able to sing songs. And we're going to see in Isaiah 24 tonight a world, one uh, part of the world, their songs die because they've relied upon the wrong things. And then as your judgments come upon the earth, there will be another group that sing and they will rejoice and they will say, righteous and true are your judgments, O Lord. And they will sing of your majesty and your glory. And that will precede, Lord, a millennium where we will be in the presence of the glory of God, where even the sun and the moon are pictured as being ashamed that their light cannot come close to the light of God. And so tonight, Lord, we want to lay this Bible study at your feet, our lives, Lord, because there are so many things that come our way so many things to celebrate and so many times when we are challenged at the core. But tonight, Lord, as we look through the lens of Isaiah, we see a God who is in control, the city of God that will stand and the people of God that belong as citizens of that kingdom. And I pray that that hope would continue to cause us to press forward in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So you have two cities, the city of man and the city of God. They will both be pictured here in Isaiah 24. And I told you that as we've moved up to this particular chapter, now we're going to see an overall judgment of the world. This would be well seen as the end time judgment, the judgment of the world, and specifics of that judgment that will take place when God returns in power and great glory. It says in Isaiah 24:1, "Behold, the Lord lays the earth waste. He devastates it, distorts its surface, and scatters its inhabitants." And this is an allusion, I believe, in the scattering, at least, to Genesis 11 verse nine, where you have the scattering of the peoples in the building of the Tower of Babel. What was the Tower of Babel about? Well, the idea of rebellion, the idea that we could build something unto God, the idea that we can make a name for ourselves, that we really don't need God's power or God's hand in our lives. 
And God came down and brought something called confusion. He confused the languages. He caused the languages of peoples to seem like babbling to one another. And so they spread out over the face of the earth. But really, God is not the author of confusion. There's another author of confusion, and his name is Satan. And what he does is he brings into the world a picture of what life might look like without God. How promising it could be if we just became enlightened enough to throw off the shackles of this this deity and then we would experience true enlightenment and we can we can become super beings or we can evolve to a place where you know everything's just going to be okay but the problem is is that when we threw off the shackles of god and the enlightenment everything was dark because where do you go when you don't have the god of the bible where do you go there's nothing left and the god of the bible says when you throw off my shackles, when you, when you uh, quote unquote, when you say you no longer need me, when you say the one who made the world and everything in it, we don't need him anymore. Well, guess what? He made the world and he can devastate the world that he made. And when he comes in power and great glory, he lays the earth, Isaiah 24, 1, waste. He devastates it. Notice his power. He distorts its surface. The sad thing is the one that made the world and everything in it now will distort the world. And this is all over the Bible. We know that the world will be burned up at at one point. The world will suffer a cataclysmic judgment that will not come in a flood as it did in the time of Noah. But now that judgment will come by fire. And God is going to devastate the earth. He is going to take this this ball that hangs out in space. And we have to wonder, you know, we are sitting on a ball that is actually hanging out in space. And I don't know about you, but if nobody's driving, I'm a little fearful. I'm glad he's driving. I'm glad that he holds all things together by the word of his power. The cosmos, everything in them, he holds me together. And he is going to come one day And all that's going to matter is whether or not you know Him because verse 2 says, it doesn't matter what your status is. Verse 2 says, the people will be like the priest, the servant like his master, the maid like her mistress, the buyer like the seller, the lender like the borrower, the creditor like the debtor. It will make no difference where you are societally on the day of judgment. How much money do you have in the bank? Who cares? Because here He comes with power and great glory. And the only question that should exist at that moment is, do you know Him? Because He's in control. Because He made the world. And there's going to be really two people groups on that day. One people group rejoicing at His coming, saying, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And another people group saying, "Uh uh-oh. It appears that the Sunday school stories were true. And the earth will be completely laid waste, verse 3, and completely despoiled. If you have the NIV, it says it will be totally plundered. And this is always connected to the idea of carrying out booty like in war or spoil. For the Lord, I want you to notice this, Bible students, the Lord has spoken this word. You can take it to the bank. That's the idea. The Lord has spoken. And the earth... Verse 4, mourns and withers. 
and the world fades and withers. The exalted of the people of the earth fade away. The earth is mourning, and the earth is personified here, given personality, as it is in Romans chapter 8. And in Romans chapter 8, the earth is pictured as uh, experiencing groanings or the pains of childbirth and anticipating the revealing of the sons of God. And it's as if when Paul writes that, he's saying the earth knows that when we get a resurrection body, it's connected to our resurrection body, then the earth will get a makeover. The earth's renovation is tied to the resurrection. And when we get a glorified body, the Lord is going to make a new heaven and a new earth. Everything is going to be made new again. That's the promise. And right now the earth is groaning. It's anticipating that day. And just as we get older and these bodies seem to groan a little bit more and they don't always work the way that they should and you've got to put on glasses for things far away and then you can't use those glasses for things close and people are trading glasses. Ah, that's just part of it. It withers, the world fades The exalted, notice in verse 4, latter half of the verse, the exalted of the people of the earth fade away. The haughty, this is the proud, this is the people that have arrived. Certainly, uh, they're going to escape this. No, they're not. There's no place that you can hide. There's no dungeon or, or thing that you can dig low enough. And here's the problem. The earth is also polluted, verse 5. Defiled is the idea. Why is it polluted? It's polluted by its inhabitants. And the reason for the pollution is that they have transgressed laws. That's the Hebrew word Torah. It speaks of authoritative instruction. They have violated, violated or the, the word could be translated, altered statutes. And notice this. They broke the everlasting covenant. Now it's interesting to me that when you look at verse 5, you see the earth is mentioned, and it seems to encompass much more than just the people of Israel here. It's the whole earth, the peoples of the earth, verse 5. And the earth has been polluted by the people, by its inhabitants. The, the problem with the earth, as much as we want to talk about being green and pollution and all that stuff, and we know that we do need to take care of the planet as best we can. But in God's economy, Pollution is something else. Pollution is sin. If you look at verse 5, uh, it, it speaks of the, the reign of the people. It's as if he's saying it's the earth under the sway of people. It's people who have dominion over the earth, but instead of righteousness filling the earth, sin does. And sin has been piled, here's the picture, upon the earth on top of another, one on top of another, on top of another, and the earth, as we're going to see later in the chapter, begins to give way. It begins to totter under the weight of sin. It's kind of like when you deal with personal sin. Personal sin can literally become a heavy burden in your life. And it's a mysterious thing because you can't see sin per se. Uh, Sin can be missing the mark, but it also can be transgressing the law. If you look at verse 5, it says, latter half, they transgressed laws or the Torah. Literally, transgress means the idea of crossing over a line. 
you know what the line is. This is not the idea of harmatia in Greek, where we miss the mark. We just come short of perfection because we're human. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. The haughty, this is the proud, this is the people that have arrived. Certainly, uh, they're going to escape this. No, they're not. There's no place that you can hide. There's no dungeon or, or thing that you can dig low enough. And here's the problem. The earth is also polluted, verse 5. Defiled is the idea. Why is it polluted? It's polluted by its inhabitants. And the reason for the pollution is that they have transgressed laws. That's the Hebrew word Torah. It speaks of authoritative instruction. They have violated, violated or the, the word could be translated, altered statutes. And notice this. They broke the everlasting covenant. Now, it's interesting to me that when you look at verse 5, you see the earth is mentioned, and it seems to encompass much more than just the people of Israel here. It's the whole earth, the peoples of the earth, verse 5. And the earth has been polluted by the people, by its inhabitants. The, the problem with the earth, as much as we want to talk about being green and pollution and all that stuff, and we know that we do need to take care of the planet as best we can. But in God's economy, pollution is something else. Pollution is sin. If you look at verse 5, uh, it, it speaks of the, the reign of the people. It's as if he's saying it's the earth under the sway of people. It's people who have dominion over the earth, but instead of righteousness filling the earth, sin does. And sin has been piled, here's the picture, upon the earth on top of another, one on top of another, on top of another, and the earth, as we're going to see later in the chapter, begins to give way. It begins to totter under the weight of sin. It's kind of like when you deal with personal sin. Personal sin can literally become a heavy burden in your life. And it's a mysterious thing because you can't see sin per se. Uh, Sin can be Missing the mark, but it also can be transgressing the law. If you look at verse 5, it says, latter half, they transgressed laws or the Torah. Literally, transgress means the idea of crossing over a line. You know what the line is. This is not the idea of harmatia in Greek, where we miss the mark. We just come short of perfection because we're human. Transgression has a different idea. When you transgress a law, you know the instruction, you know what God says about something, and yet you decide, I'm still going to step over that line anyway. It's kind of like when you're raising kids. They say one of the things that you should do in raising children is tell them what the line is so that they know the line, and if they cross the line, then you can discipline them. So you say to little Johnny, this is the line. Don't cross over the line. And if he says, oh yeah, daddy? Let's see what you got. And if he walks over that line and puts his little chin up to you, you know you have a problem. 
And you know that you need to now deal with him. That's transgression. The line has been clearly drawn, and you step over it anyway. It says, oh, this is going to get personal. It says 65, but you go 75. That's transgression. You already know what it says, but you're going with the flow of traffic, you know. Some of you are setting the pace of traffic, but we won't go there. They transgressed the Torah. They violated statutes. Literally, you could, I said you could translate this, altered statutes. They altered that which was fixed or revealed truth. Torah has the idea of that which is revealed. What has God revealed? Some very plain things about the natural order of life. Some things that should just be duh. I was sitting in the dentist's office this morning, gleefully. <laughs> I was actually reading a commentary on Isaiah. And on the television in the dentist's office was uh, a TMZ program. Ever seen that before? This is where they, all, they try to dig up all the dirt on the uh, movie stars. And they were showing these transsexual dancers. And they were going around, and it's pr- some pretty lewd stuff. And I'm in the dentist's office, and I'm thinking... Kids are going to walk in here, and this is what they're playing. And everybody's looking, right? And who walks in there? My own son. He had an appointment next door. And I'm thinking, kids are going to walk in here. What's going on? And then my kid walks in there. And it's like, it's as if the world doesn't care. So then this program's playing, and I'm like, oh, come on, really? And then I'm sitting in the dentist chair, and the next program that comes on is another program on all the dirt of the Hollywood stars. Oh, do you know what so-and-so was doing? Oh, they, they found this girl over here at this party. and Oh, you wouldn't believe what happened over here with this divorce. And oh, this is just juicy guy. And I'm like, really? This is all you got? This is your life? Seeing what other people do and their 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 blown-up lives. Oh, we just revel in it. You don't... Oh, did you... Really? I mean, this is in the middle of the day at a dentist's office, folks. And I'm like, come on. They altered statutes. Are we doing that today? Are we redefining what God has made plain? And then if you come against it and you say, you know what, we ought not to alter things that God has made. People oh, you narrow-minded, bigoted. Really? Aren't you the one trying to change the definition here and force it on everybody else? See, things have been turned around. God says, look at the end of verse 5. This is, this is for those of you who study the Bible, wrestle with this one. They broke the everlasting covenant. Which one? Well, there's language, there's language in here that takes us back all the way to the flood of Noah. And there was a covenant that God made back there in Genesis chapter 9 regarding the flood. And he said, I'm not going to destroy the world again with the flood. And he put his bow in the sky. But he said something in that same chapter. He said, if a man sheds blood by man, his blood will be shed. 
God puts some fixed laws in place. They tie to the law of God expressed in the Ten Commandments. These are basic laws, basic things that God has put in place. Think of Romans 1, the natural order of things. But man exchanges the the natural for the unnatural. He exchanges the glory of the one true God for images of beasts and four-footed animals and even mankind. He twists it. He violates it. He alters what God has made. And then he thumbs his fist at God and says, I'll have it my way. I'll do it my way. And God says, oh yeah? Look, God is patient and He doesn't want anybody to perish, but there is a day coming when God will judge the world in righteousness. He has fixed a day, according to Acts 17, 30 and 31, where He will judge. God is holy. And the world has been going on and on, in in large part playing games with God. And at some point, God is going to say, enough is enough. I want you to go to the book of Ezekiel, Isaiah, Jeremiah. Keep going towards the New Testament. Lamentations, Ezekiel. Go to chapter 16. Ezekiel 16. It's going to get brighter, but I told you it was going to start a little dark. These are the sins of Israel, but they could spill over to a lot of different nations. Ezekiel 16, 14. Then your fame went forth among the nations on account of your beauty, for it was perfect because of my splendor, which I bestowed upon you, declares the Lord God. Ezekiel sixteen fifteen. But you trusted in your beauty and you played the harlot because of your fame. You poured out your harlotries on every passerby who might be willing. You took some of your clothes and made for yourself high places of various colors and played the harlot on them, which should never have come about nor happen. You also took your beautiful jewels and made of my gold and of my silver, which I had given you, and made for yourself male images that you might play the harlot with them. And then you took your embroidered cloth, 18, and covered them, and offered my oil and my incense before them. Also my bread, which I gave you, fine flour, oil, and honey with which I fed you, you would offer before them for a soothing aroma. And so it happened, declares the Lord God. And moreover, you took your sons and daughters, whom you had borne to me, the firstborn, and you sacrificed them to idols to be devoured, Were your harlotries too small a matter? You slaughtered my children and offered them up to idols by causing them to pass through the fire. And besides all your abominations and harlotries, you did not remember the days of your youth when you were naked and bare and squirming in your blood. And then it came about after all your wickedness, woe, woe to you, declares the Lord God, that you built yourself a shrine made yourself a high place in every square. You built, uh, you built yourself a high place at the top of every street and made your beauty abominable. And I'm sorry, but this is the Bible. And you spread your legs to every passerby to multiply your harlotry. You've been listening to God's Triumph Over the Earth, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 24.
Hey, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teaching in more books of the Bible. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona is the church that I have the privilege of being senior pastor. And one of the things going on here is an amazing youth group. We have a young adult ministry, but we also have an amazing youth group, junior high, senior high. Now they meet during the second service Sundays at 1030 a.m. at Living Truth in Corona, where I serve as senior pastor, and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. And there's an amazing group of uh, students here who are growing in their faith and uh, an amazingly loving group of students as well, led by an incredible team and an incredible pastor named Matthew. And so if you'd like your teenagers to connect to a youth group, go to walkintruth.com and click on the church tab. You can find out what's going on with the youth groups. But just remember, Wednesday nights at 7 and Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. And you can find out much, much more when you call 844-48-TRUTH for more info. 844-48-TRUTH. Thanks for listening to Isaiah on Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael, and we'll see you right here tomorrow. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 24 called God's Triumph Over the Earth. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.